With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And season four will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Hey, KP, man, what is happening with you? What's going on, man? Ricky, you know, we talk a great deal on this podcast about sponsorship and how it's kind of the secret sauce in getting to the top. And one of the dilemmas that BIPOC leaders face is around who to sponsor. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's just one of those dilemmas because we know we only get one shot. <laughs> and if we mess it up, there's no forgiveness. Yeah. So we yeah. got to get it right the first time. Yeah, man. And uh, look, that is like the most on point message, you know, I've heard in a long time. And BIPOC leaders are not given a pass or like a second opportunity to prove that they know how to bring next level leaders, you know, mm-hmm. forward. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like the minute you, you know, bring somebody on and they don't quite work out. See, that's why we don't. That's why. Yeah, we yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> see, that's why. You know, like that type of stuff, you know, starts happening. And it's almost like a trap because all eyes are on you when you're picking, you know, people for your team um, or putting people forward for consideration, mm-hmm. you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, we know this stuff happens all the time. Yep. You know, we see it every day. Every right. Day. Yep. But when we do it, all eyes are on you. All eyes are on you. <laughs> the spotlight. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the FBI is like doing that, doing that thing with the spotlight on you. Like, okay. Yeah. And the irony and the predicament of all of this, Ricky is that the situation isn't lost on us either, right? Of this, this kind of maze that we're in. Mm-hmm. And obviously as BIPOC leaders, you and I are constantly looking for ways to, you know, elevate people, right? Advance the careers of other rep- underrepresented employees. But some people start to accuse you of playing favorites. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. yeah. Why'd you pick them? You're playing favorites right now, that kind of thing. Or the people that you do pick and bring forward, then they get held to a different standard. Why? It was good enough for this person, but now it's no longer good enough for the person I'm bringing forward. Yeah, <laughs> again, with the Linus and the football over that's here. Right, again, that's right, that's right. <laughs> like moving, moving shit, you know, on folks and whatnot. But no, I mean, to your point, man, KP, like the stuff that you're saying is like, it's not new information, no. but for some of our listeners, they're probably thinking, man, Keith is over here preaching. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Like, Don't get because, me started. Yeah, because, but because you are, because everything that you said is not a lie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and one of those things, I mean, combined with what you said about only getting one shot, and the fact that we're still getting challenged on who we're bringing forward, that just creates this whole, like, I don't even know what to call it. I don't want to cuss today. I'm, I'm going to hold back. Why? I'm going to hold back. <laughs> we, often, we often talk about the fuckery. We often talk about the fuckery, and this is one of those fine print scenarios here, right? Where it's Absolutely. like you can't really read, you know, what's happening, but you know it's out there, right? Like, look, we, we try to bring on talent all of the times, and people want to, like, dissect their education and dissect you know, whether or not they think they can bring teams mm-hmm. along and it's, versus just looking at their pedigree. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm as I'm thinking about, you know, like our secrets village mm-hmm. and this podcast, we both had a lot, 
you know, of white friends and colleagues ask us if we're doing this, you know, for them, mm -hmm. you know, so to speak, right? And of course, it is, right, <laughs> you know, right. like this That's is right. what we're doing, right? We're trying Absolutely. to do this for everybody, for everybody. right? That's but, right. But part of what we're trying to do is help everyone understand what's going on and what they can do to be part of the solution, yep. you know, versus yep. perpetuating some of the same stuff. And in the spirit, you know, of that, we have two of our protégés and really good friends joining us today. Yes. We got Brad Duff and Josh Brown. Welcome to the show, my brothers. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Welcome, Brad Likewise. and Josh. Um, and this is Thank this you. is definitely an episode that we've been looking forward to delivering to our secrets listeners mm -hmm. because Ricky and I know your stories and know that they will enlighten others on the impact that having mentors and sponsors from different backgrounds and how that can help prepare, propel your career as well and dispel the myth that white do dudes don't have to put in the work to get ahead. <laughs> we know it's, it's a total myth too, right? Yeah, At the yeah, end of the day, yeah. I know we give y'all a hard time sometimes, but we know that's yeah. not totally And true. we just need to kind of prepare our <laughs> listeners today. Like we know Brad and Josh really well. So we're going to be messing with them a little bit today, right? Because there's like, only a few people that know about Big Red. There's only a few people that know of us, some of those things, but we want to make sure that like at the end of the day, you guys realize that we're family, but their stories are so indicative of what other folks have to go through. And again, the Secrets Village is real because again, we all want to make sure that we give you the tools to be able to get to the top. So in, in today's you know episode, we're going to walk and talk with Brad and Josh about their leadership journeys, right? We're going to learn what it took for them to get to where they are. We'll also discuss how receiving mentorship and sponsorship changed the direction of their careers. And we'll provide some receipts on representation, mentorship, and the impact of diversity in the workplace. And finally, we'll close out with secrets from both Brad and Josh on how to establish and nurture relationships with BIPOC leaders in your organizations. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. So I hope they're looking forward to it. You're right, Here right? You go. No, they might be over kind of sweating. They might be over kind of sweating. <laughs> Already nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. As I said. Don't be scared. So let's jump into this. Brad and Josh, uh, can you, you know, we always uh, like our secrets listeners to know who they're talking to. Can you just each take a moment to bring our listeners up to speed, kind of on your background, some of your journeys into leadership? I really want our listeners to understand that we're actually talking to some accomplished folks here. Mm -hmm. And so, Brad, let's start with you. Where'd you grow up? Go to school. Tell us a little bit about your career. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Keith. So, again, my name is Brad Duff, and I live in the Kansas City area. Actually, I'm a senior director doing like strategy, corporate strategy and transformation work for a big med tech company. I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Went to the University of Nebraska back in the mid-90s. And if anybody is a college football fan, they know that I've been dying a slow death since then. Uh, those were the good old days. <laughs> it's not the yeah. same anymore. Not the same. Um, but you did grow up when it was the Oklahoma and Nebraska rivalry going on. Right, back in those yeah. days. Barry that's Switzer, right. time on right. going. And then your, co your coach just dissed you, right? He just got up and left. Yeah, yeah, Frost. Yeah, yeah. I got you. All right, well, I digress. I digress. See, I already turned us down the wrong path. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but when I was in school, I graduated with a journalism degree, but I knew like, I knew like a semester in, that's not what I wanted to do. But I, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. So I finished school, 
kind of bounced around with a couple of things for a couple of years. And then I got into sales. So I, I started with a Fortune 500 company so I could get like the legit sales training, did that in business to business sales for a few years, and then went into medical device, which seemed like a really cool opportunity get to stand in surgeries and work with cool technologies, selling to, to physicians and hospitals and whatnot. So did that for several years and then took a, a, a radical left turn. I think a lot of salespeople always say, hey, I like it because I control my destiny. I kind of own my own business in a sense. So I said, well, heck with that. I'll, I'll just own my own business. So I hired a business broker and I bought a tile importer and distributor, like floor tile. And unfortunately, it was like September 2007. And so we were at the peak of the housing bubble. And like a month after we bought that company, like everything went to crap. So we hung on for four years. I think I ate mostly processed cheese sandwiches and, and bean tacos. And we ended up having to file bankruptcy, actually. And so then I had to go back <laughs> kind of to work for, not for myself anymore, but leveraged my network and found my way back into medical device sales for a small company that was quickly bought up by a big company, which was bought by a bigger company. <laughs> but I did sales for a while. And then I decided I wanted to do, you know, sales is a great career, but I wanted to like start doing something different. So I moved into a role that was more like what we call commercial excellence. So sales strategy, sales enablement, sales effectiveness, ended up leading that team. So that was my first foray into people management outside of owning my own business and did that for several years and then eventually moved into a corporate role. There's a, a point I, I started working with this Ricky guy and that helped kind of propel me a different direction. So I ended up in, in corporate doing this kind of strategy transformation stuff, which is where I am today. Awesome. That's a, I mean, that's a yeah. crazy journey, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to double click on some of that stuff <laughs> that's in just right. a minute. That's you know, right. we're going to double click on that. So, right. Josh, man, what, what about you, man? Talk to us about your journey. Yeah, no, I come, I'm, I grew up in a completely different part of the country. I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, up Pacific Northwest, uh, a little far out there. But I attended college, Oregon State University, got a degree in accounting, and moved to California as part of a, a kind of a multi-pronged process, but landed at a small CPA practice and started growing my career from an accounting lens, you know, with getting a CPA credential here in California, moved up and, and picked up a job in the city, San Francisco. I thought I had arrived. <laughs> I was there. These big buildings. Oh, yeah. You know, all of that. <laughs> wow, anything, anything over five stories yeah, is yeah. huge. <laughs> So that was awesome. But the public accounting life is great. It's a fantastic way to grow your career, but that was not the direction I wanted to go. So uh, I exited there and matriculated into some controller roles. And, and along the way, that's where Keith and I met. And we worked for seven, eight years um, across a couple of serious adventures. Um, but that's a, that's a kind way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah adventure. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start using that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, but that was really cr critical for me to move from these accounting specific roles and get into really finance thought leadership and really being able to sort of engage and interact with management, find out what they needed, what was important. And so, you know, after working with Keith, I've, I've had a couple of different roles here as the, the head of finance, now VP of finance. Mm -hmm at a women-owned B Corp, uh, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, that, that's a that's a great story. And I, and I kind of laughed when you had gotten to San Francisco thinking that you had, had arrived. I had arrived, yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember when I went to, the, I transferred, we went to San Francisco State, and I remember 
getting lost like in downtown San Francisco because I couldn't make a damn left turn. Okay. Like yeah. so I, and I remember telling like I was calling like my family like in Oklahoma and LA and they were like, oh what what's it like? How do you like I said, man, it's some big old buildings, yeah. you know? You can't make any left turns and they got the, the subway underneath and they got trains that run on oh, top. Yeah. The, yeah. the little things that really like amazes us. I had really thought I had arrived too. I was a I was a Bart writer for a bunch of years, but uh, I wanted to poke it a little funny. How was the navigation system you were using at the time? Oh man, I was a, I was a, using Thomas guides. I was like, <laughs> I a Thomas guide back then. A lot of Thomas guy had to pull over and get the, get the directions, right. you know. That's right. You know? That's right. We used to write directions on paper, right? Yeah. That's right. There'd be code and just don't get off. I, I got pulled over one time by a police officer. And he, felt, <laughs> he felt sorry for me because he was like, what are you trying to do? And I was yeah. like, I was pointing to the left. I'm trying to get over that way. And he was like, you got to make a right and go all right. the way around this way. I was like, man, right, if I do right, that, right. I'm going to lose. Now, if anybody that, that knows me knows, my sense of direction is horrible. Before like uh, all of the, 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 the mapping apps. Yeah. Ricky was, Ricky was in trouble. You were in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in, I was in trouble. But like, look, guys, so again, these are like like some really good, you know, backgrounds, because basically what we're trying to, you know, show our listeners is that everybody has a story, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, career doesn't take traditional, you know, spins and turns and whatnot. What, you know, great stories that you all have shared. But we, we know that some people, you know, think that, you know, white guys, you know, like why you got these white guys on the podcast and hey, they got it made and, you know, like things of that nature. We want, you know, to dispel the myth because a lot of folks have to work super hard to get to where they are. We know personally how hard the both of you, you know, have uh, have worked. So can you describe the speed and the movement of your career progression? Like I know it probably wasn't what you thought it was going to be at the end of the day. But I think this story will actually resonate, you know, with quite a few people. So Josh, if you don't mind, why don't you kick us off and talk about like your, your progressional speed, so to speak? Yeah. Speed is not how I would describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think of the progression as being elegant. It's lumpy and non-linear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and that started when I was a student in school. I, I, the accounting program and the direction was not an easy path for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't have, you know, I think of, of people that that influence your decisions, you know, your parents, your families, your friends, or some acquaintance along the way. I didn't plug into accounting because of that. I, I was looking for something that was very predictable, mm-hmm. a little bit scripted, but right? there is a path that's pretty predefined. And so I kind of sunk my teeth into that and, and just kept gnawing on it. And it's been work the whole time. So, you know, the first job that I got took a hundred different old school snail mail letters to say, <laughs> hey, I'm looking for a job. What do you have open? People didn't have websites and job posting boards, right? right? right. <laughs> sort of a you know, spamming before spamming was spam. Um, you had to fax shit back then, didn't you? <laughs> we were, I wasn't even faxing. It was, uh, you know, word perfect, if you know that program, right? 
Oh, man. A funny old guy joke there. <laughs> but, you know, I landed a job and it was a small firm here in, in California, which was, you know, again, awesome and, and good work. You know, it, so many different funny stories along the way. But, you know, it was a, it was a lot of work. We small practice. So a big chunk of the work was tax season. I didn't want to be a tax accountant. Mm-hmm. Don't get good at something you don't want to do. That was good advice along the way. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I matriculated into some different roles along the way in the public accounting path. So that was great. I had to study and pass the CPA exam as part yeah. of that process. And, and, and like school, guess what? That wasn't easy. <laughs> it's a tough exam to pass. And I didn't pass it the first time, or the mm-hmm. second time, or the third time. <laughs> I'll stop counting. <laughs> Um, but that, you know, it, from a career path perspective, right, you, you, this is where you're going. You're trying to drive forward. And when you're not being successful with that, that can be a little challenging. Yeah, so yeah. just I'm a little obstinate in some aspects of life. That was one of them. So I kept on going. I remember talking with my dad and he sort of shake his head. What are you trying to do? <laughs> The career went forward through a couple of different roles and a couple of different employers. And some of those decisions were good and some of them were bad. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so those bad decisions, I think, took years to to navigate out of. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I, we sometimes learn the most important lessons in the places where we don't feel like we're learning. Yeah. But it was after one of those decisions or one of those experiences where I got to meet Keith. And, and so kind of circling back, thinking about timeline and, and progression, you know, meeting Keith and, and developing that relationship wasn't something that lit up on fire right away. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was something that took a little bit of time to grow and, and build on. But, you know, with time and and that relationship and the challenges that we had, I think that was where, you know, we built a rapport and really built that relationship that I think, like, think, greenlighted, yes. you know, the opportunity for, for both mentorship and sponsorship. And so as I think about the career, it's been long, slow. I've never felt like something happened right away. Yeah. yeah. I've never you, well, felt. Well, so, so first off, you, you didn't feel like you was getting a pass or getting like uh, moved to the front of the line because you was a white dude. Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're like, if this is the front of the line, God damn. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Exactly. Yeah, that's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, so, you know, I'm 25 years into, uh, whoa, um, 25 years into it. And I still don't feel like there's like an accelerator, you know, the gas pedals, you know, mm-hmm. I got my gas, my foot on the gas, but I don't feel like it's accelerating violently. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like there's still a lot of growth and, and building to do. Lots yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah. And Brad, how about you? I mean, you know, thinking about the speed, the movement, I mean, you, you described a little bit of your story. Yeah. Where you took a turn, came back, crashed, business crashes, yeah. bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll, shoot, I'm stealing Josh's line of lumpy, nonlinear career progression. I think that's, that's <laughs> I feel you, Josh. I feel you. So, yeah, I, I would say from a speed standpoint, I would always say it, it varies, right? There, there are times when it feels like the wind's at your back, right? Um, but if you look, if I look back, that's, it's more often than not that it's just hard work. And so I mentioned 
kind of my left turn into owning a business at that point, it's like you have visions of what your future is going to be. It was like, I'm going to do it now because if I'm not successful, wink, like, come on, I'm going to be successful, right? I'll have time to recover. And I had this vision of like, I'll build this company. I'll kind of, you know, in 10 years, I'll be able to sell it and I'll do whatever I want. And then within like a month, it's like the bottom starts to drop out. And then you spend all your savings to try to keep things afloat and you spend the kids' college education and you get to the other side and you're like, and now you're like, oh my gosh. And like, I'm trying to, you know, picturing like, I, I got to go back to what I was doing before. And man, that was, that was super, super hard. I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to find a, a good job. And again, I, I leveraged my network a little bit. I had to really scratch and claw. I wasn't the first, I don't think I was the candidate of choice, but I ended up for various reasons, getting the job, but that was hard. That was like this, like total different picture of what I thought I was going to be doing. But I got back in, I kind of was like, Hey, I guess I'm a sales rep again. I'll do this. And then when I I got into like, I I took that additional role where I was able to move up and kind of get a different perspective on the business. And I think that's when I felt like it was more, you know, I got to look at my career path because otherwise you're just a sales rep. You can be a successful sales rep and do really well. And maybe you get bored after a while. So you go to a different company and do it, you know, different selling different stuff, but same skill set. It wasn't until I got into like, hey, I'm going to do something outside of that, that I really started thinking about like, what's my my career path and my track? And at times it's like, hey, you know, every couple of years I'm, I'm doing something different. Maybe I'm getting a promotion out of it. But there are some real dry spells as well. And I can tell you before I got into the role I am right now, I'm not generally one to like try to push too much to say, I, I feel like I, I deserve a promotion or anything like that. But I know I could you guys talking about having receipts. I brought receipts about like what I was doing that said, look, I'm I'm performing at a much higher role for years now, right? And there was always like, yeah, but you know, here's kind you know, we need to have you gotta manage managers. And it's like, hey, I'm managing managers now, right? Can I get that for yeah? Well, you know, we're actually a small business. And so we don't have, we, we can't have, you know, we can't have too many directors. It's like, okay, and then like two months later, one of your buddies gets promoted to be a director, like, what is going on here, right? And so um, that's, that was, it's frustrating, but I think I, I've grown to know that, especially in a big company, like job leveling guides are guides. They're not absolutes, right? There's a lot of squishiness in some of this stuff. So you get stuck sometimes. And then though, you know, I kept learning. I ran into Ricky. Ricky kind of pointed me in a, a good direction. And then I get into a new role. That's really great. I meet new people. And within a couple of years, I get kind of leveled up again. So I think it's kind of like there's, it's not stops and starts, but it's like, oops, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. Um, so it's never, it's never like kind of a consistent kind of, I guess, ramp up. It kind of like plateaus sometimes longer than you'd like. That's my experience at least. So mm-hmm. yeah, varied. Go back to my, my yeah, first. Yeah, that, that lumpy, yeah. long, lumpy, hard road, right? Long and lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you hit on this while you're describing some of the story. So my question was, you know, really around, you know, what needed to be true. Some of those conversations that you had with some of your bosses in terms of moving you and progressing, you hit on a couple was like, they're moving the football on you, just like, yeah. Lucy, you know, Lucy and Charlie Brown a little bit there. Yep. And <laughs> a little can bit. you just talk, talk a little bit about that and... <laughs> And how many times, what were some of the timelines they gave you in terms of what needed to be true about getting to the next step? And and how did that all align with kind of your aspirations of what you wanted to do and how did it kind of make you feel when sometimes they may pull the football? Yeah. 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 Look, I, I try to be really pragmatic to you about and, and try to find the good in things. So I know that I was still learning. Right. And so that's always good. You can always leverage that. 
Um, I was doing work that I liked. I was working with people that I like. So I was still in a, I wanted to be like honest with myself, like, Hey, you're still in a really good position, but it did feel after a while, like there were never timelines. I mean, that's the thing. And part of that is, you know, I, <laughs> I look at my own career and because I've kind of, I've jumped around, I don't have a linear, like kind of promotion track within a function. So I know that, and that makes it hard because it's hard for me to say, here's my next job because I've become more of a, like a generalist with like this commercial foundation, but that means there's, it's sometimes hard to see what that next step is. So I acknowledge that. And that makes it hard sometimes for people to say, you know, here's your timeline. So that's one thing. I I think I mentioned that I'm also reticent sometimes to talk about like, Hey, I I want this level. I talk much more about what opportunities I'm, I'm looking for and what growth I'm trying to get out of myself and what I'm focused on maybe over the next six months from a development standpoint. So that those are t- a couple of things that probably not helped people to help me. That being said, there comes a point when it's like, hey man, like I'm performing here. And I said, like, I've got all these things. And, it, and it's usually like, yeah, I agree. You know, don't go do anything else, but give us six months, right? And then it's like, yeah, let's wait till the next, like maybe by the end of the year, like don't, but if you have another opportunity, come to me first, right? It's one of those things like, come on, man. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you hear those things and it, but I get it. Cause look, I'm in a position now where I've got people, I've had people where it's like, yeah, you do check all the boxes, but it's really hard right in our environment. Like, boy, we're trying to cut costs, right. Or like, you know, there's other, there's always things that make it difficult. So I can see both sides, but I would say it was really hard to ever have like any kind of a timeline, frankly. It was always somewhat open-ended and that's that can that can get frustrating, but that frustration can drive you to do other things. I was always looking to like do more, learn more, and then start exploring other places. And so looking back on it, it was frustrating, but it got me to where I wanted to be today. So I'll try to take the, the good with the bad, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, and, and it's crazy when you start talking about, because I just remember some of the conversations that we're having, we'll get into our relationship in a little bit here, but- I remember you were saying, oh, well, they said this and they said that. It's like, it doesn't really sound like that's a timeline. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they, they, they tell you some stuff like, you know, it's almost like when your kids say, hey, you know, can we go to Disneyland? You're like, we might, you know, like, <laughs> yep. hey, Disneyland is great. They, they tell you how great it is, but you never actually said that we can go. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. <laughs> keep doing good in school. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right things. So like when you sit back and yep. you think about it, you're like, I really don't have a timeline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't have that. So I, I, I thought that was interesting when you were saying it. So Josh, what about you, man? I mean, I know, you know, we're talking about the the the, the arduous road, yeah. you know, sometimes. Here, but what about what about you? I'll, I'll say it here in a minute. But timelines being ambiguous is is, is in there. So, <laughs> I, you know, one of the great things about public accounting from a growth perspective is it's pretty scripted right out of the gate. So, you know, you you graduate from school, you get your your CPA credential, you work as a one to two years as a staff accountant, one to two years as a senior accountant you know, two to three years as an accounting manager and somewhere around 10, 15, you could be knocking on the uh, partnership door in terms of a career path. Man, that's, that sounds, that sounds like damn near a union that's, job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, well, a couple of things. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not, 
that's if you're nailing it, right? Like that, yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're technically proficient. Mm-hmm. You, like folks working in public accounting are brilliant. They're smart and they're very academic, which is mm. great, but it's a commitment, right? Being a partner in a CPA firm. Yeah. Uh, these are, these are not just your peers. They're your business partners. So that's a, that's a different track. So uh, that wasn't where I was going to go with my career. And, and so, um, you know, I jumped out of that and into the other side Um and, and and when it did that, you know, I felt like, you know, the timelines just yeah, kind of yeah. get lost, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. more ambiguous. It's, it's spongy. And, and you got to have to have the right sponsor yeah, yeah. all of a sudden mm-hmm. when, you know, in public accounting, you've got a lot, right? You've got people that are training you, grooming you. And then when you jump out of that, it, the, the executive director or the CEO of your group or division, they're not going to know how to coach an accountant, right? <laughs> <laughs> And so see, the sponsorship is, or he, mentorship, let alone sponsorship is super, super mm-hmm. important. And then when you do find them, right, then this gets frustrating because they'll talk about career in the context of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. After, after you've done this for a couple of years, yeah, after, yeah, yeah. You've, after you've managed people, you know, and then being in the right place at the right time. So, so the further up you grow in these finance roles, mm-hmm. the, the fewer, fewer, fewer roles that exist in an organization for you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a, a trade-off, right? You, you, you're either relying on some turnover for you yeah. to grow and advance, uh-huh. or you're looking for a transfer to a different division or, or reload, or, or you're looking for an exit to a different opportunity. And I've never found a one-for-one apples-to-apples, yeah. you know, opportunity because you, when you're leaving one organization to the next, mm-hmm. not everything carries over. So, that gets really, really tough. And, you start and, and to feel like you might not ever get to Disneyland, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, in the, it's, in the, it's in the plan. I'll never see space plan. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, I, I mean, the thing, I, I know we're kind of joking around about this a little bit, you know, but the stuff is serious because we have some listeners out there right now with, within our mm-hmm. uh, community of practice who are in your situations, take, take race out of it. They're like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to get to where I need to be. I'm trying to figure out who to sponsor. I'm trying to figure like, so that I can show, I can grow talent. I'm trying to figure out who I can pick to be my, my sponsor. Like all of these things, things. you know, kind of come into play. So Josh, let me start out with, with, with you and then we'll navigate to uh, Brad here, but what gave you like the confidence of both of you are the confidence to trust us at that at that time, mm-hmm. like with your careers, right? Because again, I know how it is, you know, at the end of the day when you're, you know, you, you have all of these things coming at you and you're like, I really want to either get paid, I want to get promoted, I want to do this right there. So when you humble yourself at some times to say, okay, I do need some help, you know, whatnot, like what, mm-hmm. what was it that made you be able to trust us with your careers at that time? That's a really good question. And, you know, as I think about, this journey, right? Like mm-hmm. and how I met Keith and how I met you. Mm-hmm. you know, I love reflecting on this. Keith came to the organization where I had been working for about two and a half years and he was going to be the third person in the chair in that window of time. So he, he was picking up a pretty challenging role and post, but he came 
pre-baked in many respects. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. about this time. So you said he was crazy when he got there. Yeah. <laughs> that what you said? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Stop drinking that juice. Yeah. Stop drinking Brad, that I'm telling the truth. Brad, Brad, I'm telling the truth. Okay? Like, you know. Brad, you trust me. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. Oh, no, no, no. So, so, so LinkedIn was a thing, right? So, so. You know, when I learned who, you know, the name of the person who was coming. Yeah, yeah. I did a little homework. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, so that was tight, right? It, it, there was, I got to see his resume because mm-hmm. it wasn't part of an interview panel that brought right. him in, right? So I'm just getting what I'm getting. Yep, um, yep. Mm-hmm. And so that was a great opportunity for me to see some background. And so, uh, you know, there's a, a little bit of insight that you can glean from that. But he also had tremendous tremendous executive presence coming with him. So he was coming out of the corporate headquarters. He had a close relationship with the company's CEO. He knew the players that were making decisions at the the most senior level. And so, you know, there's a lot of gravitas that comes with that. But that didn't mean right out of the gates. It was like, yeah, here's my guy. Um, That's right. So, you know, again, this took it took years, right? I, yeah, I yeah. think it's a couple for, of years. Yeah. yeah. You know, there were a lot of people in and out of his office. I tried not to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't walking out with the head in the hands. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they, so, they were walking in with the chapstick on. <laughs> Oh my God! I told y'all he came to the job. When, when he came to the job, he was crazy. We, we established this already. Yeah. No, no it, you know, we did the work. I mean, I think yeah. that was the most important thing to do right out of the gate was do the work. Yeah, build a rapport built around execution and and what I can bring to the table. And and I think that was a big gateway to, to, to building a relationship and, and, and really kind of getting to know Keith too. Mm-hmm. Some funny stories, right? Like I think one of the people walking into your office wanted to use the corporate jet. No. Yes. And your title doesn't have CEO uh, after it. What a funny, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> a lot of a lot of presidents, a lot of division heads, but I remember there was only one CEO in that company. That's right. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh but like, so fast forward meeting you, Ricky, you know, that was a different kind of experience. You developed a really quick relationship with Keith. I got a better sense of why now. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But, but, you know, you know, trust people, trust people, trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a tongue twister. But I think what helped me too was you came in and you were working on a lot of organizational development and you you advocated for me and that was that was that was pretty huge mm-hmm. and, and that that was that that was a gateway to to really trusting you uh, trusting you as as a partner and in, in growing my career you know I think the the information that you shared was resonated deeply and I think you were you were someone outside of a you know a, a otherwise deep circle that was advocating for growth in senior roles mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was incredibly helpful mm-hmm. yeah and and brad what, what about you i mean 
Here, I'm not. I'm not even. See, I'm gonna be nice today. Yeah, I'm not even gonna bust, bust your chops. I'm not even gonna bust he, your chops. He's now. acting like he's about to be nice, <laughs> but this is like that Jedi mind trick, Brad. Don't fall for it. Don't fall. All right. <laughs> be strong, Brad. You gonna ask? Like, how did you strong. trust this guy? And there's like four question marks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This guy. So, Brad, why the hell did you trust Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, Ricky and I knew each other a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. From we, uh, Ricky was the HR business partner in the like the business unit that I was in. Not super long, maybe a year or so, Ricky. Um, and so we knew each other a little bit from there. But it had been a couple of years, and I was actually in a development program, and I was out in California for like an in-person session. And they had for lunch one of the days, they said, hey, we're going to bring in some like graduates of this program, as well as just other leaders that are like in the building. So lunch comes around and in comes walking Ricky. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. And and he remembered me. He walked right up. And we don't know. We talked about business more than we talked about football again. I think you asked me about the not so clearly. (laughs) Brad, I felt bad. Because I literally was going because they would say it was free lunch. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was free lunch. And I was like, shit, I didn't bring anything to eat today. And then I go in there and then I see Brad. And I'm like, I felt horrible for the rest of the like the participants who wanted to speak to me because me and Brad like were talking like the whole time. Like, like literally the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. But where we ended it before you said, like, I should probably go talk to some other people and introduce myself. You said, hey, I want you to reach out to my admin. I want you to set up time with me. And I want to talk to you like every month. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm generally, about- <laughs> hey, here's the thing. So I, I trusted Ricky already a little bit because I, I knew him, um, again, just from a, a brief time together and, and the, the same business. But for me, it's like, I, I, I take my own development seriously. Like that is part a part-time job. I like, it's like when you invest, they say like, put money away for yourself first before you do anything else. Like I put time on my calendar, like every, every week, every month for my own development and develop my, my network. So it's like work. Right. And so trying to find you know, mentors, like that's work and you kind of grind it out sometimes. And then you get a mentor and it's like, Oh my gosh, now I like have all this anxiety. I don't want to like waste their time. And like trying to get ready to be for those discussions. And then like, here's somebody that came up and then I don't have to do it. They said they wanted to help me, right? I remember I got home and I talked to my wife. I'm like, I met Ricky. You know, remember I talked about Ricky. He like he wants me to like call him like and talk to him every month. Like it was that was huge for me. So I think it was based in just like, hey, I knew who this guy was, and then it was like him coming to me and say, hey, I want to I want to help you out. I think we should talk every month. So mm-hmm. that that was huge for me. And then I think it was just reinforced like in the first discussion, Ricky, like you mentioned some of this about like, they're, they're saying this, that doesn't sound like a timeline to me. It's like, you so quickly could like, like analyze my situation and you were, you were really frank in a, in a nice positive way, like Frank with me, like you were like, Hey man, I, I can he- hear what you're saying. You're doing really good work, but you live in Kansas city and you work in a small business and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> So you better like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to leverage what you're doing pretty quickly. And you got to get somewhere where you can meet more people. Um, they can get to know you and see what you're doing. And it's like, yeah, you're right. So it's just like very quickly, he was able to hone in on my situation. 
And that just kind of like sealed the deal. And then we've been talking basically monthly since then. It's probably been several years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, and I tell you the 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 barbecue that you sent didn't didn't hurt the situation. If anything starts to wait, I'm like, I'm not feeling comfortable. I'm gonna send some <laughs> barbecue. Right. Like Kristen's like uh cinema rib. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do a cinema rib. And that's what she said. Why is Brad sending you barbecue? Like, <laughs> don't get fired from this job. I'm like, no, hold on. That's not like that. <laughs> you looking at this the wrong way. I'm like, <laughs> me and Brad are cool. You know, this ain't no pre- no quid pro quo well, stuff, right, you know? Right. As she's eating the shit and licking her fingers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Brad family, man. Brad is cool. Kristen didn't get a bone. Don't <laughs> be <laughs> she, she smelled it, though. She didn't smell the bone. She didn't smell it. <laughs> So, Josh, this this question is specifically for you, because we've had quite a few adventures together. <laughs> um, are there is there one or two that in particular stick out in your mind as kind of career defining moments? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just pause for a moment when finance people or accountants start talking about adventure. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to really rise to the top. <clears throat> And I think it was one of those adventures that you started talking to me about one time when I was like, huh? And I was like, you can't make this shit up. I'm like asking qualifying questions. And I'm like, oh, Lord, Lord. No, so, you know, but I want to differentiate between adventures versus like career movers or Mm -hmm. experience. And and as I think about this, this is like a little bit of Where's Waldo with secrets, right? So we were working on an organization that was trying to transform mm-hmm. and trying to create something more where there should be more, but there wasn't. So Keith put me on a special project mm-hmm. and uh, went down to San Diego and, and spent just two to three weeks in a conference room with what would be the senior executive leaders of a new organization combining three different struggling entities and and we worked through staffing plans, go-to-market plans. I was there as the finance expert to put together forecasts, multi-year forecasts of what this organization would look like. And we sat around, you know, the team at the table were very talented, very experienced individuals that that had tremendous credentials and, and, and had the ear of the most senior people in in the company at the time. And so it was a great experience to sit there and hammer out not just the spreadsheet component, but mm-hmm. to sit there and talk about, okay, if we do this, this person's going to be the manager. This person's going to be in charge of right. sales. This person's driving the <coughs> product. And so it was really, really intense window of time. So we just we plowed time and energy into it. I, I, I'm sure Keith remembers getting a phone call from me with, oh my God, what <laughs> What the hell did you just do to me? <laughs> the, the gentleman that was leading this project was an intense character, right? Like, and this was, you know, finance accounting people. We sort of stay in a swim lane in terms yeah. of personality. This mm-hmm. was way out of that, but awesome, right? It was great, great experience. And so, you know, I think about that particular experience. It was a springboard for 
future conversations. Like after that, all of that work, all of that effort went nowhere, right? But it did, like it, it got presented as a very viable solution to the problem that we had. And whether it went forward or not, it felt great to have delivered something that was used to make a critical management decision. Yeah. So, you know, small window of time, small moment, like massively accelerate my career, by the way, but it, <laughs> it, it led to other things and right. other projects that were of a similar nature. So as we started looking at different approaches to solve business problems, or if there was a company that was on our radar that was of interest for consolidation or combination, you know, I was getting pulled into those conversations. Yeah. I was in the room when yeah. we were having the conversation mm -hmm. and exploring what that could look like and what the strategies were. And so I think of that as being, you know, that you both talked about, you know, being put on a project and, mm -hmm. and, and get the opportunity to stretch, to mm -hmm. reach mm -hmm. and to be, and to be brought up and, and put in front of your peers or your boss's boss. And, and that was very much a part of that. There are a lot of other examples, um, smaller examples, but I think for me, that one's a standout. Yeah, it's it's funny. We were talking earlier just about, you know, just about our relationship. And it took a little while to warm up to it because he wasn't trying to come into my office all the time. But I, I remember we're starting to explore strategic options for our for our business. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And so I just pulled Josh in. I was like, Josh, I said, it was basically me, you, and you know, I president of the division. I need your help. We're looking at strategic options and it's just going to be the three of us. We're just going to have to lock arms and figure this out. Right. <laughs> and that, I think that was kind of a moment where for us, I think our relationship just kind of took off from there mm -hmm. just in terms of, cause we you just had to do it. I had to trust him, you know, he had to trust me. And it's just like, and we knew that the outcome, we had no idea what the outcome was going to be. If we're going to have jobs after that, not have jobs, what right. was going to happen. But it was just like, I got you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, that was, that was the thing. It's just like, we'll get through this and we'll figure it out at the end. So that was the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I, but, I, but I think that the time it took to build that trust, yeah. I mean, is, you know, reminiscent to like the time that it's taken to build like the careers, right? Like yeah. it didn't just yeah. happen because you are who you are or because whatever it was, like you had to put in the work. So I think, you know, that was extremely important, you know, mm -hmm. there and it just kind of, it's a microcosm, you know, of everything. That's right? right. You got to put in the work. Right. right you got to put in the work. Yeah. That's right. So, 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 Brad, <laughs> share with us if you can. You know, look, I know we we met by chance, and I admit I was trying to get free lunch. Right now, we're now we're cool. We're friends, man. Like, and like our relationship is stronger than ever. Right. But like, if you think about all of the conversations we have, whether it's early in the morning, late at night, whatever, on the weekends, like, is there anything that comes to mind for you in terms of you know maybe something that you know, resonates or stuck with you in terms of advice, you know, to maybe try to get you over the top. Anything uh, that you want to point out? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to cheat and do a couple if it's it's okay. So one's super, super tactical. And sometimes it's easy. To, these are throwaway things that may seem like it, but I think they're really important. Like you talked immediately, like you've got to have like your marketing materials out there talking on your behalf. And like, I pulled up like my resume and you're like, yeah, let, let me show you my resume. Right. And then you said, this is who I went to to do this. So I went to them and, they, and I said, how much, how many thousands of dollars do you want? But I did it. And I'm not kidding. Like two months later, I know that's why, not why I got the job. That's why I got into the interview process that got me into this corporate role. Because I can tell you the, the HR 
uh, business partner said like, Hey, we're kind of at the end of our process, but we saw your resume and we, we felt like we had to talk to you. And from there I was able to like take it all the way home. So it seems very, very tactical. Maybe people don't give it enough credence, but like, make sure your, your stuff is, is tight. <laughs> That's going to be out there speaking on your behalf. But the other part, I think is just like what you said, like, we got to find ways to get you, Brad, like networking other than just like calling people. So whether that's going, like joining ERGs or going to different conferences, like I went to the African Descent Network Conference, just to meet more people and getting involved, like with a volunteer advisory board here locally. And a, a couple things with that. Number one, it helps expose you, obviously, to opportunities and people. But I think, you know, take away the career stuff. It's like, it's meeting people, different people, learning new things. Like that's important just to like have interest in your, your, like your life and and career. So I've really appreciated that. And then on top of that, you meet people that can help you get where you want to go. A funny, this is kind of a funny side note, like what that led to, one of the things that led to is that I was at that, that ADN conference and you were there, Ricky. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember if I, I bring it up, like I came and found you because I had the opportunity to talk to somebody senior in our organization. I mean, like really, really senior in our organization. He was the CEO, y'all. He's trying to like really uh, hide it. It was the CEO. He had a chance to talk to the CEO. So it was like, hey, what an awesome opportunity. I knew somebody who knew him and he introduced me. And I said, hey, well, I've got you, CEO. Or um, I'm interviewing for this job with this this manager. This is the role. Like, I just want, I, I couldn't leave without, you know, asking you what you think about this this job and there was like this pause and he kind of cocked his head and he said don't take that job and i was like what? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. he's like yeah yeah i don't think that's I, you know there's there might be some changes in the organization because he was just coming into his role and i don't know if that's the, the you're doing good work just wait for the next one and i was like and then that was it. He's like, nice to meet you and he walked away and i was like <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like I call my wife. I'm like, this has just happened. And then I'm like, I got to find Ricky. And he's like, calm down, calm down. And like, we talked about it there. He's, we talked about it on the on the phone, like the next week or something. And he just gave me really good advice. He's like, is somebody going to get that job? I'm like, yes. Are they going to get promoted for it? Yes. He's like, are they going to learn, uh, you know, doing that? You know, are they going to get ex- good experiences? Yeah. He's like, if it doesn't work out, like how, you know, when we're talking three months, six months, I'm like, probably be smart six months or a year. He's like, so somebody's going to get promoted, get those experiences for at least six months or a year, right? Why not let it be you? And then if if it goes away, all right, <laughs> it goes away. But you've got you now you've got that on your resume. You go find something else. So that was that was really good advice. But I think that's just again, it's like get out there and and get into opportunities where you can meet people. I met somebody that was really really up there. <laughs> and then, and then I had somebody I trusted to fall back on to say, still, you may still want to go get that job, even though he thought you shouldn't. So that was a, yeah, quite a day, a little bit yeah, of a yeah, crisis was, in was, my life Brad, right at that point. <laughs> Brad was sweating bullets. Y'all. Was. I was like, he was like, but this is what he said. And I was like, well, how did he say it? Sam? You know what I'm saying? Like, we broke it down. I was like, look, I said, like, I need, I, I'm going to tell you something, and I know it's probably going to be uncomfortable for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this is what I think you should do. And this is where we're like the benefits mm-hmm. of it. But again, it's, we go back to like trusting that person that you've now mm-hmm. called like your mm-hmm. sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's advocating for you when you're not in the room. Like, I knew 
I had some work to yeah. do on my end yeah. to make sure that he wasn't jumping into, right. as we've been talking about this season, some glass cliffed yeah. projects, yeah. Yeah. you know, or a role, right? I had to make <laughs> sure that he was going to be okay. Cause that, that is as a, as a sponsor. Yeah. That's what you got to do. That's what you got. That's right. You, you got to figure I mean? that stuff out. He done made a livelihood decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have room on my couch for Brad to come sleep. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I had to make sure this this shit worked out for Brad. (laughs) You know? So look, Keith, I know you got one last question you want to ask, man. There's one last question for both of y'all. I know you've both been uh, big supporters of Secrets, and we really appreciate that. Kind of, what's drawn you to podcast? You know, is it an episode or a receipt or secret or something that's kind of struck you since we started? Brad, what what do you think? Yeah, well, first, thanks again for having me. I've really enjoyed it and I appreciate it. And well, a couple, when I think about this podcast, I think, I think there, you've mentioned this, there's probably this misnomer that it's all about like underrepresented people or African-Americans, like the audience is everybody, right? Like almost everything in there I, I can learn from either, like I can either apply it directly to like my own journey from a development standpoint and like what I want to do in my career but I'm also exposed to like, you know, cultures that look, I didn't grow up in, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska in like a suburban white neighborhood. I mean, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm better equipped today because of podcasts like yours. Um, so there's a lot that I've learned, but one of the things that I pulled out, because I think it ties into what we've been talking about today, y'all did a, a show a while back on like executive presence. And anytime I see anything on like executive presence, I'm like drawn to it because I think it's really interesting. It's like a really nebulous concept. So I like to see how people like break that down. And you guys did something I never heard before. You talked about the normal, like, Hey, this is like gravitas and and you you dress the right way and you show up in this manner and you, you've got like a cadence maybe, you know, to how you speak, et cetera. But you talked about something else I hadn't heard, which is like, you got to develop people. Right. And so that like click because it's not just then about executive presence. Like when I'm in the room with somebody, it's executive presence when I'm not in the room, what do people think about me? And so that, that was an aha moment because I started thinking about Ricky and I'm biased towards Ricky. I like Ricky, but I know other people that at Ricky's the check, level. The check has been cashed. That's, that's all that means. <laughs> Glad, you right. do. <laughs> Glad you do. Brad. Don't be a hater. Keith. Don't be a hater. That's right. <laughs> Don't be a hater. Keith. But I know, I've got, I'm, I'm blessed in my role now. Like I've got a lot of working relationships with people that would be at like Ricky's level, but I always put Ricky at a different level. And I recognize that one of the reasons is because he's a talent developer, right? Like I'm not a one-off. I know I've run into other people in our organization that have been developed by Ricky and, and, and Ricky did the same thing. Hey man, set up time on my calendar every month. I want to talk to you. So when I think about ex- executive presence now, I think completely differently. And one of the things that you guys said on that podcast then is number one, if you're a people leader, Ricky, you said this, it's kind of your job, right? You're not a supercharged turbocharged like individual contributor anymore. Your job is to like turbocharge the people on your team. But then it's also to look beyond that and find others that you can that you can help. And so I think to me, whether you're a, a people leader or an individual contributor, you've got something to offer to others. And so go out and, and find those people. And again, I learned from Ricky, like, you know, you don't have to wait for them to ask you. I mean, there's something really special about somebody coming and say, hey, I want to help you. Like, I want to use my experience uh, to help you. And then generally you can get somebody, something out of somebody else as well. You know, the learning goes both ways, I think. So that's, I, I think that ties in really well with this episode. And again, it was kind of like something clicked in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. 
That's great. What about you, Jeff? I'm going to echo what Brad said. So as a manager of people and for perspective in a period of time that's been incredible, right, in terms of social awareness, the podcast has been really helpful, you know, both in terms of thinking about my career, but also thinking about the career of the people around me Mm -hmm. and to put into context, you know, different perspectives and to hear what people should be doing. It's, it's a, it's a catalyst for me as I look at being, you know, a hiring manager in the future, what do I need to keep in my back pocket? What do I need to be thinking about for those around me? So I think that that's, that's been huge. I think from an audience perspective, right? This the show is hitting on really important aspects of career development and growth. But I think as managers of people, that's that's content that's super relevant as a manager, right? Like mm-hmm. as, as a potential mentor, as a potential mm-hmm. sponsor, to be really mindful and thinking about uh, what you're doing uh, as a manager from a secret perspective or show perspective, you know. In our house, we we keep talking about manager brand, <laughs> and 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 I think of that, you know, again in the context of this question, you know, I've got kids that are working, uh, they're, they're you know they've got this journey through school, and, mm-hmm. and I'm pushing the show to them, like he's my 21 year old son, right? He's this is all good stuff for him, right? Like if you could have this in in your quiver mm-hmm. when you were 21. Would it have been better? Would it have been easier? Would it have helped you make decisions? I, I think so. Are you going to make all the right decisions? Probably not. But that's mm-hmm. part of the, the journey. That's part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me, you know, personally, this is the podcast is like having you guys in the house, right? <laughs> uh, COVID's been a tough journey. Yeah, and so yeah. to have friendly voices, you know, at the table, earbuds, um, it's, it's been fantastic. So it's, it's helped me stay close and plugged into a little bit bigger world that's out there. Yeah. Look, awesome. I mean, awesome. the stories that you all share with us, like is amazing. And I know, and I, and we can talk, you know, forever here. And I think people sometimes think that, you know, this is staged or something like that. Like we met way before we even thought about secrets, right? I think way before even podcasts were in existence, right? But this is the part of the show where we start to kind of get into the receipts, right? Because there is a reason why we're speaking, right? And corporate America just keeps on giving us more and more ammunition, (laughs) you know, that's why we just continue to have episodes here, right? So today what we're going to do in terms of the receipts that we uh, want to share. Keith, why don't you, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit about what we're going to talk about today in terms of the uh, the receipts, just in case people think we're like putting a little extra on. No, no, <laughs> we got it. And, you know, it's funny because as we were doing research for the show, we couldn't find a single receipt about the impact of BIPOC leaders mentoring or sponsoring white men. Could I mean, and we, we know searched. what happens. It's I know we know what happens, but we searched and searched and searched and couldn't find it. So you know, I guess we'll write a book about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But so today we'll we'll just share some receipts on uh, representation and mentorship, and we'll share some uh, receipts on the impact of diversity in the workplace. So Keith, hit us with receipt number one. Yeah. So according to McKinsey, women make up twenty two percent of the C suite, with four percent of that percentage being women of color. And men of color make up 10% of the C-suite. White men make up 68% of the C-suite. 
This demographic outnumbers white women and people of color in every employee level, at every employee, entry level, manager, senior manager, director, VP, SVP to the C-suite. And once you get to those, the very top levels, white women and people of color are still outnumbered by white men in all of these roles, even when you combine the percentages of white women with people of color in each role. So I mean, it's still a big representation problem that we're trying to solve for here. And we share this receipt to show that women and BIPOC employees are most likely going to have a mentor or a mentee or a sponsor or protege relationship with white men as they climb the ladder. So it's important for all of us to be open to pursuing and nurturing those mm-hmm. relationships, as Brad has talked about, right? Expanding your network, broadening your relationships, because this will become increasingly more important for white men in particular as the demographics of the U.S. and other parts of the world shift in the next 10 years. Yeah, which is actually crazy because we always talk about like the purple unicorn, right? (laughs) Where it's like, you know, it's so rare to see like, you know, BIPOC leaders being chief VP or higher Mm -hmm. level roles. And we know that the majority, you know, in, in the leadership roles or in their succession plans are white. Yes. So it's like almost how can you not mentor someone who doesn't look like you, you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day. So I mean, back to why it was so hard for us to even find, you know, some stats on this, which is crazy. So we're like, let's just talk to people that we know, kids, (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy. So look, so receipt number two, according to McCarthy mentoring, mentees are five times more likely to be promoted than those without a mentor. That should not be a surprise. Right. Mm -hmm. And Forbes states that mentors are, six times more likely to be promoted compared to their co-workers. And 89% of individuals mentored uh, will mentor someone in the future. So they're going <laughs> to pay it forward, right? Despite these stats, McCarthy says that only 37% of professionals have a mentor. I mean, so, look, like, it's yeah. out there, right? Like, yeah. So again, I know a lot of times people think, I can just do it on my own. That's right. There's a you know, path here. Yeah, I can just read the book, you know, and I can figure out, oh, because I know such and such it'll help me out. Mm-hmm. This negates like about the work. Yeah. You know, so 73% of the people don't really think about the work. Right. <laughs> you know, that right. needs to happen there. That's exactly right. That's right. And receipt number three, according to research compiled by Zipia, companies with racially and ethnically diverse leadership and executive teams have a 36% higher likelihood of achieving financially outperforming other companies with Mm. little or no diversity. And companies with greater gender diversity perform 15 to 21% better than companies with little or no gender diversity among their staff members. It's it's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's out there. So look, finally, uh, receipt number four, you know, the same research showed that diverse companies enjoy 2.3 times more cash flow per employee as compared to less inclusive, more monolithic work environments. And diverse businesses are 70% more likely to capture new markets. Again, this is it, right? Mm-hmm. Like in order for a business to survive, you got to keep on uh, having growth here. Mm-hmm. According to a report by the Harvard Business Review, now, you know, we wear them out, Keith. We love Harvard hey, Business Because yeah. they keep on spitting the truth. That's right. But diverse teams are also 45% more likely to grow their company's market share. Yeah. I, look, the bottom I, if, we, if we keep looking at everybody's bonus or either your long-term incentive, it hinges upon that very fact there. That's right. Market share. Market share. <laughs> market Profitability, share. market share. Yeah. New customers. Yeah, all absolutely. Those things. So great. So let's transition into secrets. Yep. Yep. Let's I, get them. Yep. And we're going to have Brad and Josh bring us a couple here today. 
So we're, we're just going to jump in the deep end with you guys. What advice would you give to your white colleagues about establishing and nurturing relationships with BIPOC colleagues and leaders? Brad, yeah, please talk. Yeah, I, there's a, a few things. Number one is just can be a learn it all, right? Like never think that you've got it all figured out. Um, so keep learning. And if you do that, it's like be patient, but not too patient. And so I think if you're if you're someone that's always on the out, outlook, like I gotta, I can learn, I can learn from this opportunity. It's like what I went through that got me through a stretch when I'm like, yeah, I think I'm ready to move on. Um, there's a point when that comes to an end, but I think be a learn it all, have a little bit of patience. Like Josh said, I think finding mentors and again finding people you can sponsor and be a mentee to as well. And then my last thing is. Oftentimes you got to do the job before you get the job, right? And so what I've learned in my career too is that it may be I've just been blessed in the the types of positions I've had. If you can do your job, like as it's described in your job description, and you do that well, you have a lot of flexibility to go like try to do other stuff. Like oftentimes people aren't going to stop you if you're trying to like do things that'll make the company better or find new projects to get involved with. As long as you're doing like what, hey, here's what's on your job description. I think we put like we we construct like walls around ourselves and a lot of big companies they're not there as much as you might think like you can go out and find new opportunities and start kicking down doors and doing different things and creating value and then you can find yourself in a place where it's like I'm kind of doing the job that I want to do next and then you can again bring those receipts <laughs> to to show it so that would be kind of the one, the one closing thing I'd say as far as like trying to find your way into those ranks is like Man, don't don't put walls around yourself that don't exist either. Mm-hmm. Guys, Brad, Josh, this is just amazing advice and authentic, and I love it. So, uh, and we we really appreciate you being part of the Secrets Village, being on the show today. Um, any any closing thoughts, Brad, Josh? We'll let you go. For it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just say thank you again. Um, this is a, a, an honor, and it's really it's fun to be part of this. Um, I would just, I guess, to close out, I I think the the receipts you guys came with are just so compelling, right? Like, if you don't have a mentor, or if you're not mentoring somebody else, you need to change that really quickly. And so, and that's a good reminder for me. It's easy to get kind of locked into your day to day, but that's got to be something I think that that we should all be doing. Um, as leaders and as people that want to continue to kind of grow in our ability to to create impact for others. So um, that's kind of my takeaway uh, coming out of this this show. But again, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think um, stay eternally optimistic, be forgiving to yourself and people around you and, mm-hmm. and stay relentless. You know, don't don't give up on it. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, look, at the end of the day, I mean, this has been an outstanding you know, right. conversation and we yeah. let this go That's because right. we didn't want to shut any of this down. Right? Right. It was like we talked about hot fire That's right. like this right here is going to really make as we've been talking about this season, mm-hmm. this, this really validates that you're not crazy. You're not crazy. That's right. You know, right. <laughs> absolutely. And you can find more resources about this conversation today, the secrets we share, the receipts, go to our website, secrets.com, look in the show notes that Janelle does for us. And for more information, and you can find contact information for Brad and Josh as well. Yeah. So look, Brad and Josh, I'll add my my sincere thanks to both of you as well. This has been extremely fun. We really appreciate you all being supporters of Secrets and more importantly, part of the the village. I mean, I remember conversations that we had individually about, hey, we're going to do this podcast. And you're like, oh, that's great. You're like, what are you going to take about? I said, well, hey, this is a work in progress. I don't know know if this is going to work. But what I will say is you guys have been like 
like our day ones. You guys have been on the journey with us from the very beginning. So we're extremely appreciative. But I also want to give like a very gracious shout out to all of our listeners and fans out there, because again, we have people who have been down since day one. We have new people that come on board and they're like, man, if I would have had this, you know, yeah. six months ago and this, that, and the other. But again, we're here now because without all of you, this would absolutely not be possible. You know, mm-hmm. and we've gone from having barely any followers to almost 20,000. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're really, really getting out there. Uh, last thing that I want to make sure that I bring up is please just go out there and write a review on Apple or buy some of that merchandise. We got all kinds of new merchandise. People are are constantly, you know, reaching out to us to try to uh, give us ideas about that too. But get out, get out there and get that merchandise and take a picture of you and send it, you know, to us on our uh, any of our social media platforms. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Ricky and I are all about helping everybody get what they deserve. And so we're over two million now in total <laughs> compensation increases that we've been able to help people navigate their way to since we've launched Secret. So. Again, check out our coaching services. Join us for one of our happy hours. You know, we let our hair down even more. Even more. <laughs> Neither one of us got any hair, but we let it down <laughs> and have some fun. So uh, be sure to join in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we want to, uh, again, just um, thank Brad and Josh again for sharing some gems today. And again, for just normalizing like the, 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 the journey that we all go through and to help dispel the myth that, you know, we have it in, you know, for the man, you know, right? Like, again, that's totally, totally not true. So we are proud to have the the two of you in our village. But right now, we need to make sure that we take care of these empty cups. I see Josh over here looking at my cup right now. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you need to work on that. Like, nah, the ice is gone. That's what you don't hear. So look, I need some ice, you know, and we need to go ahead and make this happen. So, but again, thanks everyone for uh, listening to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions. And we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers!